AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is... To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come. Dropping gems. Dropping gems. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. As always, it's me, Debbie Brown. Today on the show, I have one of Instagram's favorite people. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, this guy has had quite, quite the last few years. Mm-hmm. He's a screenwriter. He is a TMZ senior producer. Yeah. He is host of the highly acclaimed the Red Pill Podcast, also one of my favorite listens. And he's also affectionately known as the Kanye Slayer. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> the one, the only, Van Lathan. Yeah, thank you very much. By the way, I prefer the Kanye Whisperer because oh. we, don't, we don't slay each other. We call each other in. Oh, yeah, that's so soulful. Yeah, like the reality is that they looked at it as something way more novel than it actually was. Explain. It, that could be anybody. Hmm. Anyone that had yeah. that has had that amount of success, that amount of pressure on them can get up there in a moment and sort of become something different or mutated or perverted from what we thought that they were or what yeah. they even thought that they were. Right. If you forget about what we uh, think, if you showed that version of, of Kanye West 
to Kanye West from 2004, he'd be like, that's not possible. Mm. Like he'd say that that would never happen. Not to me. And that's part of the reason why it was so hard uh, for a lot of people to grasp it because it went so counter to what we knew. It was so on the other side of it. Well, that's interesting. I would challenge that a little bit because I don't know if it's counter to what we knew or if it's counter to our own projections on Kanye of Mm. who we perceived him to be or wanted him to be or assumed him to be. So he had always been that guy, but we were never under the gun, right? So what I would say is that when Kanye West uh, came out, the music was very soulful and very uh, sort of affirming um, to what I would be considered the I would consider should I say the culture right it yeah. was always about how uh, when you look at songs like crack music when you look at songs um, like all falls down it was all things that had to do with issues that went on inside the black community and how he understood them yeah. um, and how he felt like there was a bigger game being played against us and then when he would open his mouth and he would say things like um uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people. So right. he was always going on these rants, yeah. but we were never the people that he was ranting against. <laughs> right. And what it seemed like, what happened was, we made his gun like really big, right? Yeah. We, the, that cultural weapon that he wielded, that he wielded, you know, fairly or unfairly against Taylor Swift or against J- George Bush or against whomever, we just made the gun bigger. This was just yay being yay. And we accepted it, right? Mm-hmm. As a member of our family who sometimes goes off, but this member of our family doesn't go off on other members of the family. He goes off on the cops or the mailman or whoever. It was jarring to see him use it on us. Yeah. It was jarring to see him side with 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 President Trump or to say that our ancestors were in some way complicit in the situations that they were in. And for me personally, having having been someone who was such a fan, I was incredibly let down. But really what I wanted to do more in that moment was not have anything happen for me, was to remind him of who he was. Right. As brothers in the human experience, as brothers and sisters in the human experience, everyone at some point, everybody needs somebody to remind them of who they are. Yeah, it's true. Simba. Yeah. In the Lion King. <laughs> oh, come on. Needed someone to remind him of who he was. Like Simba's like, yo, man, I'm walking around and like I'm not my dad's son. Rafiki brings Simba over to the thing. I think it was Rafiki, I can't remember. No, it was one of the whatever. So look at you. Like, look at your reflection. Like, that's your dad. I see your father right there. Like, remind you who you are. And I think as human beings, we can't be afraid to do that. And it's coming for me too. Because as much as you're trying to juggle, as much as you're trying to do, sometimes you can start believing people, uh, believing the things that people think about you and you can lose sight of who you are. It's so important to not believe, really take a lot of stock in either side of that, right? You're so right. Don't listen to the criticism. Don't listen to the praise Mm because both of them can contort you into a version of yourself that's not authentic. And, And it's so hard to do. It's so hard to not be destroyed by the criticism and exalted by the praise. Yeah. It's so hard but that's why anything that has to do with sort of aligning yourself and becoming a better you and taking time out um that's why i really am am, am receptive and open to it because 
you have to have a strong base so that someone doesn't tip you over. Yeah. Because you can get tipped over in either way. Well, and the thing too, like about having a strong base, because I think so easily, especially now that like positivity is so on trend and Mm -hmm. doing the work is so on trend, people have a wrong assumption of what the work is, right? Like the work isn't just positive thinking. It isn't just like, hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be like the Khaled. I'm just, oh, everything's positive. We Mm -hmm. the best. It's all good. Mm -hmm. It's like excavating the darkness you know what I mean it's like really taking time to go through like an inquisition of sorts of Mm -hmm. yourself you know like you have to excavate to authentically be that version because if you're just playing the role and you're saying all the right quotes you're doing the right things it's the cancer you know it's the band-aid on the cancer Mm -hmm. you're not actually it's not a sustainable life for you you will still crash and burn you will still make really sometimes awful painful choices you know you have to go past just the quote that you connect to that you see and really um, fall in love with the light and the dark aspects of who you are because they're both you. A couple things jump out of me, but I think falling in love with the light and the dark aspects of who you are is something that happened for me like during a really alone period in my life. Yeah. Like when, um, when my weight really ballooned and everybody else was experiencing life, like right after, right towards the end of college and right after college, it was just weird. That's what, what was my, your highest point? Uh, 370. Really? Yeah. I remember when you first told me that you used to be heavier. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? What yeah. and how? And you had to like physically pull out a picture and right. show me because you're very healthy. Like you're always working out. You're always, you know, very conscious in what you're eating. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and so like even that is a part of the work aspect, right? When you talk about the sort of um, the discipline that you have to have in order to be a spiritually centered person. Yeah. That discipline is important in so many areas of your life. And I think I had to learn that what I thought was that the fact that I was a decent guy or trying to be a decent guy was going to be enough for people in the world to be receptive to who I am. It was going to be enough for me to feel good about myself. But there were so many areas of me that I wasn't really working on. Yeah. And there were so many things about myself that I didn't like that I wasn't willing to put the work in uh, to sort of fix. Yeah. And um, two things happened. One thing that happened was that the parts of me that other people thought were bad or were shameful, Mm. um, I leaned into them. I leaned into them because for a long time, I thought they were the truest parts of me. Like, uh, give me me an illustration of what that would look like. Um... What, what were those characteristics? Uh, uh, the fact that wherever I was, I would pick an intellectual fight. Ooh. Because for me, the only way to prove my worth was to let people know that I was smart. How smart you are. The only way for me to prove my worth, the only, like, we're in a room, right, and my homies are dressed nice, right? My clothes come from the big and tall store. It's very hard for me to talk about this. Like my homies are, uh, my homies are dressed nice. My clothes come from the big and tall store. They're all like super handsome, and 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 like really with it. And everyone loves them. And I, I don't have that same thing. I'm sweating. I'm uncomfortable. It's the whole nine, right? I was waiting for a moment in this entire deal to assert mm. myself intellectually. I'm waiting for a moment where someone says something for me to be like, no, actually. And then when that happens, my, my guys goes, my guys go, oh, that's Van. He's a smart guy. So that was the thing that I would do. Yeah. So for a long time, that was both a defense mechanism, but it also made me realize that, excuse me, it made me get smarter. Mm-hmm. 
it forced me to dive into knowledge, knowledge that a lot of times at that point in my life wasn't useful, but that now is really useful. So uh, it was a flaw that I like, definitely a flaw in the insecurity that ended up becoming a part of my personality. And now it's something that I try to use to bring people together. Isn't life so dope in that way? Like when you get to a point that you can look back on things with that 2020 vision, like life is so fire in that way where we don't realize how we came to be where we are. And then you look at all the tiny little steps and Mm -hmm. all of the little tools you picked up along the way. Like there's stuff that helps me today that I learned selling ice cream out of the Albertsons grocery store when I was in high school. Shout out to right? Albertsons, man. <laughs> right. That, um, was, that was the joint. Albertsons was the nice joint back in the day. But you know what I mean? Like things, and, and that's like, I don't know, to me that that's one of the, the more beautiful things about being on, you know, this journey, this so-called, you know, I always mm-hmm. say it like that because it, it's so like overused now, but the mm-hmm. journey. Right. Um, it's, it's that space where you can be in the midst of the yin and the yang of who you are, right? right? The light and the dark, the dark and the light, like the same thing that was for you, like probably harmful to people probably was a they way. Hated of, it. Yeah. They it really, it's minimizing. My people dudes would be like, yo, shame. like my dudes would be like, yo, you know, we over here to get some ass. Like you messing the whole situation yeah. <laughs> up by bringing the, debo- the abortion debate up. Oh God. Like, wow. <laughs> what were these conversations? Oh, one time, shout out to a girl named Keisha Carmouche. We were at Keisha's house and we were all sitting around playing spades and some kind of way Keisha brought up some girl that had been with some Kappa guy and she got pregnant <laughs> and she was thinking about having an abortion and they started talking about it and I swooped in. And me and her started going. And I remember my boy, Bryant, uh, who had come over there specifically that night to kick it with her. He goes, well, she pissed off. She just stormed away and gone into the room. I fucking got dressed up for nothing. And then, and, then, and then he left. So a lot of times I would spoil the set, but it was the only way I could be seen. Yes. Yeah. It was yeah. the only time that like, it was the only, it was the only place that I felt comfortable. Um, so after a while, it just, it, and now I think people look to me not so much for com- for for confrontation. They really want somebody else that can translate culture and help them understand the world a little bit better. Yeah. And I think it's not so much that I have a talent for doing that. It's just so much that I'm willing to do it. Yeah. That it's that it's something that I enjoy doing. Um, and that was out of necessity. So often the darker parts of who we are or the things that, that we're using to like cover up these traumas are our superpower. They ended up becoming that. Yeah. 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 And it was, it was, and it was for a long time, uh, just understood that that was about me. And so when even me think about that, even the back and forth between him and me, that's what that was. Yeah. That was him turning around and going, yo, does it, feel like I'm speaking freely and me going, no, actually. That's <laughs> do you the, think that he thought your answer was going to be like, yes, Kanye? I don't know what he thought, but I do know one thing that the ancestors are still inside of his soul because once he's, once I started talking, all he did was listen. Mm. He came back a little bit while I me mean, listen to do wilds out. I don't know. I'm not, I haven't forgotten or I mean, it's not up to me to forgive. So, but I haven't forgotten anything that he said and really he hasn't moved off anything he said. So that is what it is. But I got through to him. Yeah. And I think that anytime you're talking to someone. Did you guys have more conversation after sure. that day? He called yeah. that night. Mm. He called that night and we exchanged emails and he was very, very forthright about 
what he felt like he couldn't do, what he feels like he can't do, um, and what he feels like he can do, and how he feels like uh, we need to protect him, and some unsolicited <laughs> thoughts that he has about other rappers that I didn't even ask him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I didn't even ask you. That sounds about right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so you know, I look at things in totality now. You know, there hasn't been one part, and it was like, like, like I said, it was a. It was a, 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 a portion of my life where I developed a lot of addictions, um, some that are unhealthy. Uh, Is it porn? I just saw, I just bad, saw the yeah. video that you put on your Instagram before you came over, yeah. and you and you were talking about porn. I said, "Oh, Van, what?" <laughs> but like it was a porn addiction. I, I was 375. I had to like there was I said I said I had needs. What you want me to like? And I wasn't like a 375 moving around. Like I was like a it was. You were like was, Biggie. It wasn't like Big not, Papa. But, yeah, like, but and, and by the way, the socks, and I loved the, butt, and I, the like, reason why I loved Biggie <laughs> is because I would look. I really looked up to fast move dudes, man. <laughs> Cause they had so you know how much confidence you gotta have oh. to be Biggie. You gotta have the utmost confidence to be Biggie or like big pun, pun any of those guys, right? But so that addiction happened then. But you know it's weird <laughs> that once I got on TMZ, it was it ended just being it ended up just being another pocket of knowledge. They would say something and they would be a bunch of porn stars in the post or in the picture, and I'd be like, oh, that's boom, 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 boom. And it started to become a point to where they felt like there was nothing that I didn't know. And not, not that that's true, and that's an arrogant thing to say, but that's how they felt. The only reason why they felt that way is because I spent five years alone just filling my brain up with things. Not even things. Some of them were, um, uh, were, were unhealthy. Some of them were really healthy, but just time that people don't spend like in their 20s when you're out like spending a lot of your time on other people and partying yeah. and having fun and stuff like that I was just by myself writing figuring me out uh, diving into things that I loved trying to understand the world really mm. developing all of these things that at that point were unhealthy but then actually became big parts of my personality and then one day I just decided you know what if I'm ever going to be the person that I want to be Mm. I got to lose weight. And then I just did it. And so, and then after that, I came out of it armed with obviously some bad habits, but also with a lot of habits that uh, when you put me in a situation, I'm not afraid I, 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 to, to speak my mind, but I also know how to build bridges to people. Mm. And that's actually more important. Yeah. Like when you leave a conversation with someone, and I see people that do this all the time, um, winning an argument is much less important than winning a human because you can you can make an ally even when you disagree because when you're really talking to someone and they know that you're sincere about what you're saying and they know that you're, that you're passionate about it even if they don't agree with you the vibration and the energy that they're yeah. giving to yeah. them that you're a serious thoughtful person will mean a lot to them that's much more important than proving your point yeah because there's going to be something that you're going to agree with that person on down the line. We're humans. We're going to agree at some point. And when you have that ally and you can make use of it, it's much better than intellectually subjugating somebody. Yes. And having them leave a room thinking that person's smarter than me. Well, because what's the real outcome you're looking for? Like, what's the real agenda? That's mm -hmm. what I think about a lot because we have so much dialogue happening that is 
at opposite ends yeah. of the world, right? Right now, like when you're talking about politics and policy and mm -hmm. just overall basic lifestyle and belief systems, it's like if you are seeking to prove someone wrong, you're not actually seeking for them to change in a meaningful way mm -hmm. and you're not extending any compassion and nothing positive can grow out of that space. Right. You proved your point, but now you have offended them so they're gonna dive even deeper into their wrongness. They're gonna be even more loud and wrong because now you're affecting their ego and what do you really get? You have the personal satisfaction of knowing you're right, but then what else, you know? What, I mean, listen, you, you, you're right. I mean, what you should always, the, the, the purpose of any back and forth should not be to, con, to, to make someone even come to your side. It should be to let somebody know how serious you are about what it is you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And the fact that you know what it is that you're talking about. Because... And that's the thing a lot of people aren't doing right now. Like, you have to actually arm yourself with knowledge. I don't just respect opinions. I'm not going to waste my time bantering and having dialogue about opinion-based stuff because it doesn't matter and time is too valuable mm -hmm. for me to waste it on that, right? right? But it's like everybody now, especially with social media, can add their thoughts, add their, you know, their couple of cents on things, but no one is actually arming themselves with the knowledge to articulate, articulate in, a, in a meaningful way or to have facts or to have anything that does... Mm -hmm that creates any level of change from this conversation. Right. Like that, that part feels frustrating to me at this moment in history. Like there's so many conversations happening, but so few of them are actually seeking outcomes that are beneficial for anybody. Right. It's just like to hear yourself and to, to win, you know? Yeah, I think that's the, so Max Kellerman, who's this boxing analyst, right? He has this really awesome analogy that he uses. He'll ask somebody, he'll be like, what's your favorite sport? And somebody will go, oh, it's basketball. They'll go, oh, it's football. He'll go, no, your favorite sport is boxing. And they'll be like, why? He'll, he says, okay, so let's say you, in, you, 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 you get to the end of a block. Mm. And there are four things that are happening on the end of that block. It's a block on, like, on, on an American street. There's a basketball game being played of one-on-one. -on -one. There's some kids playing stickball. Okay. Um, and then there's some kids playing street hockey. Right. And then on the other side of the block, there are two people fighting. Which one are you going to watch? Mm. And if you're being honest, yeah, you're going to watch. You're going to watch the fight. OK, so he says that there is something inside of us as human beings. Um, and I don't I really can't argue with him. There's something inside of us. As human, does that waterfall stay on all the time? <laughs> Debbie's wealthy. Is it? Does, does, okay. that, does that always go? Uh, it turns off as soon as the when the, when the poor sun people goes down. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> well, like, Let me just set the stage for you guys. She got a waterfall. So we're at the ranch. We're recording, um, and it's really hot because where I built the studio for this podcast, yeah. uh, there's no air conditioning. Van okay. so, is a few hours late, so and so the to, sun changed. Try to get to the just get to the. So waterfall. I have to keep the windows open right now mm -hmm. so that we don't die. Yeah. Um, so he's staring at the pool. Well, what I'm saying is that she said all of that. To try to make it, she's got a waterfall in the pool, and it's, it's, just, just, a it's pool. just running. It's very, very relaxing. But anyway, so what he's <laughs> it's just a pool. What he what he's saying is that it's nice. What, like what, <laughs> what like what he what he's saying is that uh, there's something inside of us as human beings. The reason why boxing is your favorite sport is because there's something inside of us as human beings that draws us to to to, to man on man, woman on woman, human on human conflict, mm. and that thing is the thing that makes you want to watch two people fight each other, right? Yeah. And if you study human civilization, that's very hard to argue, because 
The Romans built gigantic, and we know that our Western European friends are crazy, but the Romans built, built uh, gigantic stadiums so the guys can fight and stuff like that. So what's happened on social media is that whereas if you get two people in a room and they, uh, they have a conversation, there's a way that they relate to one another. Yeah. But if everyone's watching, mm. there's a different way. Mm. There's a certain level of performance to it. It's it's 80% performative. Yeah. And it's 80% not wanting to lose your championship belt every time mm. you open your mouth. So I get people on the podcast and the guys coming uh, from the NRA or uh, from the shout out to uh, Riz Islam from the Nation of Islam or whoever's coming in there. And when I get somebody on the podcast, my goal is to not capitulate to anything that they say or acquiesce to everything that they say, but to understand them better. That's the goal, because that makes me smarter. Now, if they say something that I think is, is wrong, then I'm going to push back a little bit like you did earlier. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, um, seriously, that's what you should. That's what two uh, intelligent people should do to one another. But. What people do in the comments section when they see somebody on there that they disagree with is they say, Van, why didn't you get this person? Mm. Because what they want to see is not so much a conversation. They want to see their side win. Yeah. And I understand that notion. But I mean, that that just in a nutshell explains Trump supporters to me. Right. Precisely. Yeah. They don't even know. The, the thing about what the, the inherent support, need is they don't yeah. even know that he's not talking about them <laughs> you see what i'm saying like they don't even like they don't even know they don't even know that they're on obama on obamacare yeah they don't even they don't even know that when he's talking about uh tax cuts and the rest of the things that he's not really thinking about them all they know is that he's given someone to them to vilify. Yeah. He's given a reason why they're not, why, why things aren't working for them. Yeah. And, and even at an even less lower level than that, they picked a side. Yeah. And now they want this well, side Well, he gave them, right. Well, he, precisely, exactly what you said. To, in order to have a side, you have to have an enemy. Yeah. And so those people, um, which to a degree. But it's like, you know how, like, for instance, like, you know, I mean, clearly Trump lies at nauseum, right? And so many things are unproven. And you can say that to a Trump supporter, like, well, here is exact, let's go through this timeline. Here mm-hmm. are the actual facts. That's how this breaks down. But that desire, I already chose a side mm-hmm. and I'm not switching it. So no matter what you're telling me, for me to feel comfortable with my life, mm-hmm. I have to make my side win. The Wire, one of the greatest shows of all time. Slim Charles. Oh, Lord. Says, it says, what? <laughs> what? Slim Charles from The Wire. Wow. You know, like, what did he say? Come on. He says, uh, we're going to war. And if it's a lie, we fight on that lie. Shit. Like he said, he said, he said we're at war. And if it's that a lie, we gotta, we, we, if it's a lie, we fight on that lie. Wow. When you're at, when wow. you're at war... Wow. You will fight on the lie. Yeah. Not you forget about the fact and some of the people know that it's a lie. And some of the people on the other side know that they're lying. 
but everybody just loud and wrong. Everybody just loud and wrong. Everybody at war. They're fighting on their different lives. And how how sad is that? Like to really sit and think about that, especially in the state that our country's in right now. How, Debbie, it's not how sad. It's going to be deeply, the end of the world. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be it's going to destroy everything. Everything. And 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 because the first thing that it'll destroy is the one thing that we need to um reach any type of harmony which i don't know that we've ever had in human civilization which is the understanding of another person yeah um the most crucial element to civilization to me is empathy because all civilization really is is a series of agreements that are supposed to be in the best interests of a interests of a large group right mm. so write that down so what i mean what i mean is like uh we could all drive as fast as we wanted, right? But we've made a decision that in order to keep everyone safe, this is the safe driving speed. Yeah. So we could all really, um, like, some of us are larger than others, right? And if we were like the animal kingdom, what would happen is the weaker ones and the smaller ones would, be, would get eaten. But what we've tried to do as a, as a civilization is to make rules to make sure that people's basic rights... Mm. are intact now here in america we've never really done a good job at that in other places they've done they haven't done a great job at it but the purpose of civilization is supposed to be respecting the good uh, excuse me respecting the the needs of everyone so you make little small treaties as i say little small treaties that you're not going to do this you know that's where laws come from that's where all of that comes from what's happening now is that people are using opinions to differentiate humanity from one another. Mm. So if you think this way, you're not a human being. If you think that way, you're not a human being. And to be honest with you, some of the thoughts are inhumane, but they're being weaponized by people who know that they are in order to build congregations of people that will worship them. Yeah. So what, 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 like what Trump essentially does is he comes along and he says, listen, um, and Everyone, there's a guy that I read, his name is Noam Chomsky. He predicted that Trump would come in like 2010 or 2011. He said, what ha what's happening is that the left in America is overlooking a certain group of people. And because they're overlooking these people, it leaves it right for a demagogue to come along and say, yo, this is why you're wow. not. And, and that's, exactly, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. The only difference in that now is that with social media, you don't just have to see these things Ugh. on the evening news. Yeah. You can inundate yourself mm -hmm. into this type of discourse all day long. It's so funny you say that. I just I just had a conversation about that. So I'm in a lot of group chats, right? Like mm -hmm. me and my friends, me and Dwayne, we're in a lot of group chats. We send each other many, many ridiculous things. And then sometimes, you know, p politics, whatever. And I was like, listen, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I decided mm -hmm. that this week because, so I'm an empath, right? I am mm -hmm. somebody that feels really deeply all the time. Mm -hmm. So I rarely cry about myself or my life. But if I see someone on the street crying, I will start crying, right? Like I, I feel very connected to people's energies and emotions. Um, and just, just a high level of compassion, especially for dysfunction. Seeing those things is really hurting my mental health and my emotional stability. Like right. every day, not being able to choose what I'm scrolling, 
Like if I'm just looking at my timeline, thumb moving, I could see a dead child. I could see a naked woman. I mm -hmm. could see all kinds of things that I did not choose to see in that day, mm -hmm. but I'm seeing just because I'm logged on to social media and I need a break from it. I, yeah. I can't, I can't function as the caliber of person that I want to be and raise a one-year-old little boy with the joy that I want to raise him with, if I am feeling so emotionally oppressed by mm -hmm. the things that are, that are flashed at me in every moment, you know, right. I know the world is bad. It's a, it's a really terrible place, um, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And I'm doing the best that I can to aid the world in my own way. Um, but being reminded of how bad it is every single day is not conducive to my emotional health. I couldn't agree more. Um, I made a pact with myself to this was after we lost nip to p never post anything violent on my social media ever again yeah because i think that violence is becoming too violence is becoming has become too commonplace it's too violence is too quick of a uh, of a solution and it's been for a while but just the fact that he could be killed <laughs> um yeah they just they, they, they killed him like that it's just i don't understand yeah. Uh, but, um, and then also images of, uh, black people being fucked over. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I'll never post anything like that ever again. And that's not a shy at anyone. Awareness is very important and it's very people, very important for people to understand the true nature of American society, the beginning of American society, what American society is really about. Uh, what the country was founded on um, and how the system isn't broken, how it's not broken, how the system is working uh, unbelievably well. So uh, I don't have any issue with anyone who decides that it's their goal in life to post on social media every time a black man or a black woman or a black child is killed or hemmed up by the cops or brutalized in some way. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, I can't either. I don't have the capacity to do it. I don't I, have the... We're just people. Like, yeah. I'm just a human. I was not yeah. built to take in yeah. all of this sorrow right. on a daily basis and mm -hmm. still be able to do the things necessary to live. Right. You know? Like, so, like, for me, when it's about education and it's about something that's outrageous or it's about something that someone said that I don't agree with and I want to make people understand how important it is, it'll be on there. But nobody's lifeless body. Nobody mm -hmm. getting beat up. Nobody um, nobody having their humanity stripped from them. Yeah. Nothing along that side. Mm -hmm. I, I, can't, I can't. That's not for me. I, try, I played that game for a little while because, you know, walking around with all of that with really no outlet for it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's crazy. And... It's well, driving us mad. It's driving us crazy. And and for so many people, you know, we're all at our own rates of growth. So there's a lot of people that maybe haven't done as much self-work as you've done or maybe I've done, right? It looks different for them. They're seeing all of this. Mm -hmm. They haven't even processed their own trauma. So now this is additional trauma energy placed on top of them and they are sinking deeper and deeper and deeper away from being able to tap into that authentic self, right. you know, to be able to tap into joy. Mm -hmm. Their life is already hard, right. you know, and, no, I, and I watching agree with that you more. all day long. It's like you are going to suffer and suffer and suffer. One thing that I also I will say this, though. 
finish the post. And this is this is what I have to say to everyone out there. Finish the waterfall stopped. Yeah, sun's going down. <gasps> sun. Shut up. Wow. Does that so mean that y'all like, y'all have to like? Is you like? Did you miss a payment? Is it, <laughs> is it something? Nah. It's set to you know. It starts at sunrise and it goes down at sunset. Wow. Well, it's just a pool. Yeah, sure. So what well, well, I'll say is this: finish the post, and this is what I mean. If you are posting a child that's got beaten up by the cops, if you're posting a black man that's been arrested by the cops, there has to be a point to the post. You have to yeah. finish it. And what I mean is hmm. post a number somebody can call yeah. to lodge a complaint. Post a GoFundMe yes. that you can do to support Give the family. Give it purpose. Have some purpose. Yeah. If the purpose is just outrage, you're hurting people. Yeah. Like, That's if the good. purpose is just outrage, you're hurting people. And if in any way you're posting something like that, search your soul and ask yourself if you're posting something like that just to get people to come on your Instagram. Because if you're doing that, you're not just hurting people, you're evil. Because what I would say is that if your look at me has to be a brutalized black body, then you're no better than the cop that's doing it. Yeah. If mm. your if your if your look at me is some con- d- d- ridiculous injustice, then you're complicit in what's going on. N- nothing wrong with way- raising awareness. Finish the yeah, post. Yeah. What's the next step? Have a point to it. Don't leave the circle open. Not 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 just look at how uh, messed up this is. Look at how messed up this is. This is what we can do. Yeah. And if you don't. It's also further desensitizing people who are on the posing end of that. Right. Because they're seeing all of these images. And for them, it completely disconnects them from the humanity of the people that they're seeing in the images even more. They already didn't get it. Now it's commonplace. So it's like, yeah, so what? Another dead body. Right. No, I I could look. It's like we we've all we've we've been through it. We, We know that it happens. I think that we need to think about. And, you know, shout out to Charlemagne, man. Like, me and Charlemagne got into a huge argument, a gigantic argument. Really? Maybe like three weeks ago, right? I can't imagine this. We argued constantly. We're all like, we, like, ask anyone who knows. I mean, there, 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 are, there are arguments that are, like, always about, um, uh, they're always like we have differences of opinion and that's what we do. We argue, we go back and forth, blah, yeah. blah, 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 but we argue a lot. Uh, it's not like it's brothers. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But a little while ago when the Sudan situation was happening, right? Um, and I'm going to give him this one. When the Sudan situation, first of all, the Sudan situation is still happening. Educate yourself on what's going on in Sudan and figure out a way that you can help. I posted a video of a friend of mine, uh, Amin El Hassan, who works over at ESPN and uh, the video was basically Amin, uh, uh, Amin talking about he's from Sudan, talking about what was going on over there and just basically emoting and saying that he didn't really know what he could do, but telling people what was going on. Now, I felt I found that video to be very useful because I didn't really know exactly what was happening mm. in, in Sudan. And I thought that a video from uh, uh someone Sudanese who could explain to people what was happening might spark some awareness. And I hit Charlemagne to post the video. And he was like, okay, but what are we going to do? 
And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, what's the call to action? Yeah. And while I still contend that sometimes if there's a humanitarian crisis, the first call to action is the call to knowledge that people need to yeah, know about people it. Aware. At the same time, his overall point and a lot of people's point that I've talked to is this just too much trauma and not enough trying. Like you, we're not trying to give people ways that they can help. And the one thing that he did that really kind of got through to me is that whereas I put that video up, he Googled ways you can help Sudan. Mm. And there was a list of like 10 fucking things, mm. tangible things that you could actually do. Now, who knows if that list would work or not work, but there were things that people are saying, yo, if you want to help, this is what you can do. Now, I talk to a lot of Sudanese people that say, Van, you are helping. We need more people to know about that. That's right. But there has to be a point to where all of this activity is creating a better life or a better situation for someone. Because if not, then we all just playing around. Yeah. And um, we're making ourselves feel better without having had any we're making ourselves yeah feel better by being outraged it shows we have heart and it shows we have a conscience yeah that we're better than the that than the bad people right and for me the one thing that i've learned more about my life than anything over these past 10 years is that i i desperately wanted to have purpose Mm. I, i i wanted like you know i just i've i've always what do you consider to be your purpose at this state of evolution? Man, um, my purpose, as I've always seen it, is to inspire people. Um, I know that's a very yeah. Break that down a little bit more. Answer. Uh, I, I know that that's very open ended, but um, well, can I can I share something with sure. you as you're as you're um, simmering Pondering. with this a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I have a big issue and I've talked about this on my last episode, which I sent to you a couple of times Mm -hmm. and I know you haven't listened yet because yeah, exactly. And I'm going to get to that a little bit later in the show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, I, you know, I have a little bit of beef with the concept of purpose because I think that it's another way to make people feel that they are lacking something Mm -hmm. because a lot of people are attributing the tagline purpose to like really attention or having grand gestures or looking like they have it all together. And for me, what, what I boil down purpose as is like, if you were to ask me what my purpose is, I would say it's to be of service to people. It's to be of service. It's to be kind it is to create safe space for people Mm -hmm. to use the tools that I've gathered to communicate well Mm -hmm. to help people unlock themselves I can do that with any job that I have Mm -hmm. right like when you know what your purpose is it doesn't mean you got to quit your job and do this or go off on a vision quest or you know any of these things like Mm -hmm. you can apply those those fundamental characteristics of yourself to any job I can do it as the fry cook I can do it as the politician I can do it in a in a multitude of ways mm-hmm. so when you say your purpose is to inspire let's unravel that a little bit more like you've shared what one of your biggest superpowers is right it's your intellect mm-hmm. cerebrally like that is the gift that you share with people so you want to inspire them to do what? To learn? Well, well, actually, what I, to... I want to inspire them to unlearn. Mm. And so, and, and what I mean is, 
everyone is so certain about what it is that they can't do. Yes. And everyone, everyone, That's so good. everyone is so certain about their, their place as a cog in the wheel, uh, in society and what they're not supposed to have, what they're not supposed to do, what they're not supposed to be. And sort of how they were born, they can just be a consumer and now it's time to get out of here. Even when I posted yes. the thing that I that I that I posted about uh the porn thing, right? You get so many people that go, Yo, Van, I thought you were better than that. Better than what? The reality is that anything can become an unhealthy addiction. Like anything can become something that's not a positive. I think that people have put themselves into these boxes and they 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 feel like these boxes make them better people. And I want to help them break those boxes. Yeah. Anything that you do that doesn't hurt anyone else and is fulfilling to you um, doesn't hurt anyone else and is fulfilling to you. I want you to be brave enough to go to go do that. And I want you to do it with a full heart. And there are so many people that just don't feel like that's a thing. And I don't understand how the trick of society has worked so well yeah. when we all know that you get one spin on this bird, but we all spin our one spin thinking about how everyone else thinks we should live our life. Yeah. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is she breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. 
Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And well, that that's like the purpose of life. Well, for me personally, I don't believe we get one spin. I think, think I might be on my last spin, but yeah, I, I'm fully in alignment with the ideology of reincarnation. So you've been here a bunch of times. Yeah, for sure. Of course, we all have. Like okay. that. That's that's the point. You know. All like right. I think. <laughs> The I'm not, I'm not saying, right listen, now. I'm saying, You're yo. so obnoxious. I'm not, I'm not saying, like, yo. Oh my god. Yo, I, like, yeah. No, yeah. Well, so if we think about like natural law, right? Like, to me, that's one of the biggest things that confuses people's souls on Earth living in this societal context. It's we believe in natural law only as it relates to plants and animals and sun and moon. But we don't think that those same like laws apply to us, like the, the change, the evolution, the, all of the, all of the context around how nature exists. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the same with us. So I think that the whole purpose of us being alive is to unlearn things. And then you keep coming back Mm -hmm. like the soul. All right. Let me try to unpack this as quickly as possible, though this would be more like a workshop I would present workshop. over the course of a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I do feel that I'm in alignment with the fact that God is energy. Mm-hmm. I don't think of God as a man or as a physical being of any kind. I don't think of heaven. I don't, that's not how I experience no dogma spirituality. Right. Yeah. No dogma. Um, but you know, I think that God wanted to experience himself. If you are one of one, if you are one thing, you don't know there's no good or bad because there's nothing to compare anything to. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that God had a longing to experience himself. Thus he created the world. Thus he created all of these little souls, which are, you know, pieces of him. We're all just the exact same energy in different forms. That's why each of us have God in us. That's why each of us, when we choose to, can connect to God, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but I think we're here because we wanted to experience something we couldn't experience in that energy realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we live a life that is not based or rooted in fairness. I think, you know, we think of life in terms of good or bad, fair, unfair, And that's not natural law. None of those things apply to plants. You know, a flower gets picked. It doesn't think, God, life is so unfair, Mm -hmm. right? Like an animal gets eaten by another animal. It's not about how unfair things are, how, you know, you got to be a better person, a better animal and not do that. You know, it's just, they're just experiences. And so I say all that to say, um, you know, I think I view life in those terms. I view life in the thought process that I'll be back as many times as I need to be back to experience whatever it is that my soul is longing to know. And when I'm done, then I'll, I don't know. Who knows? We don't know. You know, I'll be whatever it is that exists in the realm that I've never experienced before. Right. Uh, That's a lot. Um, Listen, (laughs) I... What I would say, this is the only thing that I would say. I would say that the only place that I sort of differ with you is I do believe that there's something special about humanity. And the reason why I say that is because if you listen to what we're capable of, um, the animal kingdom is beautiful. No, I'm not saying we're the same as a leaf. By no means do I think that we are like equal to grass. You know, I there is something very special and specific about being. I think in that an upright human with opposable thumbs. Right. You know, I think in that specificity is a beauty that 
everyone is trying to find. Right? Yes. Everyone is trying to recreate uh, moments that really make them feel amazing about being alive. However, their everyday lives are doing the exact opposite of that. Yeah. Their everyday lives are shutting them off. And I am a victim of this as well. Um, I go into a job that I don't very much like. Uh, but when I go into that job, to your point, what I try to do every day is connect to people and speak for people who wish they could be talking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that gives me, that makes me feel good about that. That makes me feel purposeful about that. Yeah. People that wish that they could say, cause there's so many people that wish to say, listen, they wish that they could talk. They wish that they could say their piece and I know who they are, how they feel and where they're from. And I try to be that and represent them not in a, contrived way but in a very real and inspired way and also one part of my purpose is not limiting myself like we're in the office right or we're, we're talking and at tmz yeah at tmz and we'll be talking about somebody who won an oscar and we'll be talking about whether or not the movie deserved the oscar or whatever the conversations that people have and i remember there was one specific time where one girl who worked with me goes, well, that's a, a problem we'll never have. We won't, we'll, we'll never know that. Now, hmm. winning an Oscar is not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. It's a great honor, but it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But just think about it. How could you ever tell yourself what's not going to happen for you? Why are you so acquainted with what it is that you can't do? I don't think like that. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that in order to live a full life, I have to believe that anything can happen. Mm -hmm. I have to believe that it's all possible or else I start to believe that it's all pointless. Mm -hmm. Because but it, optimism is such a luxury for most people, you know, like like the ability to have optimism or hope or even have the level of wokeness that you have. Like it's not it's so rare for most people based on their life experiences but it's far. the only ingredient yeah that, oh, for that sure. actually matters the only thing but imagine how much work someone in a severe amount of pain has to do to arrive at where you are i completely you know? understand i would tell anyone who ever wanted to be anything anything there's only one thing that 50 cent mark zuckerberg barack obama Keep Can going. you talk into the mic, please? Like, 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 it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like Stalin, even bad guys. Like, it doesn't. Is there's only one thing that all of those people had in common? What they believed that they could do it. Yeah. <laughs> that like that like that. that like, Isn't that like, the wildest? That, that's the old. So if you don't have that, yeah, you're fucked. So like, it, it, so it, 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 like, if the only thing anyone who's ever been successful, yeah. Any, the only thing that all of these people have, the one thing that Jay-Z has in common with Warren Buffett, that Warren Buffett has in common with Walt Disney, who was a Nazi, by the way, that that oh, that, has in, that has in common with Harriet Tubman, with, with W.E.B. Du Bois, is that they believed that they could do this. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, they believed that they could do it. So not believing that you can do something that you want to do is a waste of time. 
Yeah. I'm, so in theory, everything you're saying is 100% accurate. But on a soul level, I mean, that is some people's entire life work is to unlearn that feeling of worth of worthlessness that they have for themselves. That's right. their entire lifespan, what it. they're going to be working towards. Because they've been taught that and they've been because it because it's very necessary to make people believe what they can't do in order to have our society function the way it functions. Because you need people to listen, there's nothing wrong with any specific job. There's nothing wrong with it. There I know people, one of my one of the happiest person people that I know in the world is a shady tree mechanic, which is people from back home know what I'm talking about. It's a dude who knows how to fix cars, but he doesn't work in a shop. So <laughs> if you need your brake pads, right? If you if 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 Debbie needs her brake pads done, right? Mm-hmm. You could take your brake pads to Pet Boys and let Pet Boys charge you 150 some dollars to get your brake pads done, or you could buy, go buy your brake pads. And you can let my homie come over. He'll change your brake pads for thirty dollars and a six pack. He loves his life. He loves working on cars. Yeah. He 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 fixes up old cars. He's in his purpose. He never runs out of work. It never, ever runs out of work because he's undercutting these big guys, and he's hanging out. He's chilling. He doesn't need other things that we feel like we need, like health insurance. He doesn't feel like like these are yeah. things that he doesn't care about. He hangs out. He, he does well. He drives the cars that he builds on the weekend. That dude just didn't buy the bullshit of society. Yeah. And it's a job that I would never want to be a mechanic and have yeah. my hands dirty all the time. You know, we were in a wedding together and <laughs> the dude's hands were dirty. He's like, this is not coming off. But he had to believe that that life was the best life for him. Yeah. And well, all of all of the front gate. wealth. Stop. Did y'all hear that? No, they didn't hear it. It didn't pick up. Yo, let me tell y'all something. We're sitting here. <sighs> it's getting old. Talking. It's not getting old because people need to understand this helps people with their purpose. Okay. Because they want. <laughs> Debbie got a robot butler. We're sitting here. It's not true. And so and it just went. Somebody's at the front door. That's off the chain. It's a smart house. It's stuff you can buy on Amazon and anywhere else. Nah, it's, it's stuff like, it's a you plug-in. can buy on Amazon. And people need to understand, you know what the first purpose, the first thing to believe in that you can have a, to, to get in a smart house, is believing that you can have a smart house. <laughs> well, but that, and that, like, if we're being fully honest with ourselves, right? Like, mm-hmm. everything is bullshit. You know, like everything that we have been trained to believe for the most part, all of our ideas of success, everything is just projections. Mm -hmm. It's people projecting on us all this unhealed trauma. It's us projecting on them Mm -hmm. all our unhealed trauma. And it's just this layering and layering and layering of projections that ultimately became this societal construct that keeps the majority of the population stuck in check and unable to unlearn, unable to let go of things that don't serve them, unable to access the, the proverbial higher, highest version of themselves, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I just, I don't know. I have a lot of compassion for people in that space because I think for us to be alive in this moment right now is such, even though it's difficult, it's such a luxury. Like the idea that someone could even spend time on getting to know themselves or loving themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Being on a journey, like 
that is only available to us at this exact moment in history yeah. at the mainstream level that it's become available. We have oh. only just begun to have transparent conversations in public, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be able to not be ashamed of things that have happened to us. Right. Our parents didn't have that luxury. Our grandparents didn't have that luxury. No one else has ever had that luxury, you know? And so I feel like for people that are stuck, Cause I think when you, when you first get into this place of awakeness, when you first get into this place of your spiritual journey and things click for you, it it can get frustrating when you're looking at people in your life who aren't growing right in whatever Mm -hmm. ways they're not growing Mm -hmm. emotionally, financially, whatever, you know, we, we can get frustrated and we can say, but it's so easy. Just listen to me. Or if you just did this, or if you just stopped being so afraid, or if you just went for it, right? Like all of these things that seem so small. Um, but like I said earlier, for a lot of people, it is the entire point of them being alive to get to that point. Mm -hmm. It may not click till they're on their deathbed or it may never click. And they may have to do another trip around the sun to learn it. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think ultimately, you know, we have to extend compassion and not be in judgment because it is oh, just, it's not with that. for everybody in this life. That's that cool. is my belief system. Not everybody is meant to be the quote unquote great. Not everybody is meant to be great in this mm-hmm. lifetime, whatever great means. Right. Mm-hmm. And not everybody is meant to heal in this lifetime. Not everybody is meant for all of these things. So for me, I just stand in a state of gratitude that I am. You know, Look, and, and, I, and humble, deeply humble gratitude that I have the opportunity to know how to do better and to have access to the tools to do better. See, that's my thing. It's not the perfect. It's the better. The better is the goal. Told a story on my podcast. I'll say it right now. I was working with a trainer. I started to get a little older. I was playing basketball, pick up basketball. And, you know, you get up there and you dunk the ball and then you come down and you're done. Like you're, it's not even the jumping, it's the landing. You're like, damn, my knees are, the ankles are finished. So I got with a guy and I was like, you know, I never really worked out this way. And I want to see if I can get to do what Dez and the rest of the guys at the gym, Amara and all of those guys are doing, like getting playing really above the rim and all that stuff like that. And I wanted to be able to jump off two feet. And I asked this trainer, I said, yo, these exercises that we're doing, Am I going to be able to jump off two feet like them? And he said, I don't know, but I know that you'll be a better two-footed jumper. And that's a stupid thing to have changed my perception, (laughs) but it did. Yeah. Because really speaks to the point that you just made and to a point that I'm making is (laughs) I realized that it wasn't about me jumping like someone else. It's just about me jumping the best that I can jump. Your personal best. It's just a, it's just about me. It's not even about me jumping the best that I can jump because I might never jump the best that I can jump. It's about me just jumping a little bit better than I did yesterday. Well, but that's the best in that moment. Right. Right. Like that's the best you're capable of in that moment. Right. And so for me, for the rest of the time, I had to look around and go, I have to just be cognizant. I have to concentrate on doing a little bit better than I did before. And hopefully that's good enough to get whatever it is that I want. Yeah. Now, what I will say is that people who have become stagnant in their development, it's often, oftentimes hard for me to relate to them. Yeah. Because I'll ask somebody, what is it that you want? Because typically, if I'm being honest, these are the people who have the most complaints about life. Yeah. And their, 100%. Complaints, their complaints aren't wrong. Yeah. 
their complaints are all valid. But they're just not providing any solutions they're not, or they're any not accountability them. for themselves. And and I, and I know, and I, I feel the people think that the group of people that I'm most tethered to, that I feel the most kinship to, that I'm the most active for, are black people. Mm-hmm. That's actually not true. I love black people just I'm just the way I grew up culturally. I have a sick love for my people. Sick. I just love being black. I remember I said it in the, the seventh grade. The teacher was telling us about slavery and about how horrible it was. And I was like, I got to be honest with you. I still would choose being black. It's just like I love everything about my grandfather and my mother and all those little things that we only get. I just I'm in love with them. But the group that I'm most in the bag for is overweight people. Hmm. Because when I start talking about that, I immediately become overcome with emotion because you can't do anything if you don't like what you see in the mirror. Yeah. If you, if you, like I used to, I used to take showers with the lights off. You know what I'm saying? Like it was bad. It was, it it was, it was, it's tough. Hmm. And you're, 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 you're hoping that the jokes don't come. You're hoping there's a lot of people that are listening to this that understand what I'm talking about. There's a lot of people thinking, yo, he's soft. But the reality is that that's a tough thing, right? It's so hard. But what I do know, what I know, and this is the tough part about it, is that if you if you consume less calories than you, uh, than you burn, if you consume, yes. If excuse me, if you burn more calories than you consume, you'll lose weight. Yeah. You will. Yeah. Now it'll happen. It'll happen faster for some people, and it'll happen slower for some others. But it's a fact. But it's a fact. So, the reason because of that, my empathy isn't empty. It's I understand what you're going through. I went through it for a long time. A long time. It wrecked my health. It fucked with my blood pressure. It did all of these things. I get it. Let's get out of it. I am not going for anyone. I am not for anybody going to come to the same dead end over and over and over again with you just because you like to drive. Yeah. Either we're driving through this motherfucker or we're taking a different route. And and, and so for me, that's the thing. Yeah. the, the, The thing is, how do I kind of put all that together to really let people know that I'm on their side yeah. but I just want better for them if they want better for themselves yes. if you're happy yeah. and there are a lot of people by the way this is something that's under um, articulated there are plenty of people that are flat that, that are if you fat fluffy <laughs> a little pudgy that are completely happy with themselves love themselves put the light on me, yeah. all of that. And they don't want to and they're living their best life cupcakes yeah. and all. I actually envy them because I, I couldn't be one of them. Right, right. But for the other people... But that wasn't your path. Right. And this may just be the thing that isn't really important them, for them to know or change in this life right. is their so, weight. So there may be other shit. So you know? you're, saying, you're saying that maybe they'll get it right when they come back yeah. in the next life. Well, maybe it won't even be an issue when they come back. Like maybe that this is just whatever form they needed to take to have the experiences that they were supposed to have. You know, just because like I like I just want people to get what they want. Yes. Like my thing is too when you being in a state of compassion for other people and maybe like the limits they put on themselves 
doesn't mean that they have to be a part of your everyday life. Just like choosing to forgive somebody doesn't mean you have to have them as an active member in your life. You're just choosing to be done with whatever suffering you were feeling about the experience you had with them. Right. right. So I'm compassionate for everybody, no matter what level of growth they're at or what, however they're choosing to stunt themselves. But it also doesn't mean that I'm going to kick it with them all day. Like I, the level of conversations that I want to have to feel like a fulfilled human, I can't operate with them doing that. Right. But I can still send them love and I can still not be in judgment of them but it doesn't mean we're kicking it you I mean, know I, 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 I don't judge anyone for anything yeah right? but I, I really that's the the only rule that I have is yo do you fam I love that I love that you share that though about the weight stuff because like for me like my my weight has fluctuated my entire life I've had times where I have been skinny ribs popped out like skinny 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 mm-hmm. then i've had times where i've been super on fluff right mm-hmm. fluff, fluff. now i'm just kind of in the middle um but when i had my baby i gained 65 pounds mm-hmm. that was really hard for me mm-hmm. a lot of it was him he's big he's yeah, super big, big. Yeah. <laughs> but i walked in the house he was like yo nigga what's popping shut up i'm like yo dog Wes would never yeah. <laughs> um no but you know and and i felt like People want to have so much um, uninvited conversation with women who have babies about their bodies, Mm -hmm. either overly trying to tell them, girl, don't worry about losing weight. You just enjoy your baby and you just relax. Then people say, oh, you need a snap back. You got to start working out. And it's just all of this conversation that no one really has the right to have with you. Mm -hmm. But for me, and I was talking to my girlfriend and she was like, why are you pushing yourself so hard? Like, girl, you should just be relaxing. Well, I know myself, I know me, and I know that me carrying around this much extra weight will plummet me into a space of depression. I won't be able to feel like my best self, one, because my body effing hurts. Weight adds so much pressure Mm -hmm. to your joints. I was walking around after him, my hip kept like popping out of place, my knees were swollen, my ankles, like I was in pain. Mm -hmm. So for me, carrying that weight, no matter how much I, I love myself, did not feel good and I didn't want to feel like that every day for some people it's completely fine for me it was not Mm -hmm. right and so I was like I need to at minimum drop 20 pounds just so I can walk better and feel better about looking at myself so that I can approach everything in my life with the same level of enthusiasm and joy that I want to approach it Mm -hmm. you know and so well, people that follow me on Instagram know, but I, I do keto and I dropped all 65 pounds plus mm-hmm. some more. Right. And it wasn't about snapping back. It wasn't about people finding me attractive or giving me, you know, kudos. It was about, I need to do this for me because I know myself. Yeah. I know how I function. I know when I'm my highest self and I know when I'm in out of alignment, mm-hmm. I want to be in alignment and to, to be that way, I have to practice joyful discipline. Yeah. Right. I, like I, I have to have I think, I think an well, I, exuberant I, excitement for applying discipline to I, my life. I, I think that that's my and that's my entire life's mantra right there. Joyful discipline. Yeah, it is actually fun. I, I will say this, though. Today is my last day as a vegan. I tried it for two days. Welcome back to the dark side. My head hurts, and it's just not <laughs> worth it. Like, like it is. It, 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 it's just not worth it. Like it. Like if you, it, everybody's like, push through it, push through it. When I say my head hurts, my head is banging 
I need How many fish. days have you been doing it? Uh, since Monday. This is the withdrawal, they say, from everything. But yeah. I don't think I did it the right way. <laughs> so whatever. But when I say joyful discipline, like, one another thing that people have to understand because we're taught to be in uh, in a society where we consume so much is that saying no can be as pleasurable as saying yes. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And and like and and like like saying no can be as fulfilling as indulging. Like when I yeah. when I see a lot of people like really going ham. Like we were just on vacation and we all went on vacation. We ate like this. What did you do? But like when I see a lot of people indulging into something. And I know I'm not doing something that's going to make me feel bad. Yeah. That makes me happy. Yeah. I know I'm avoiding something that's going to yes. make me feel bad later. You don't feel like you're lacking something. You don't feel like you're missing out on things. Right. Like that's typically you view limiting certain things from your diet as a punishment. Right. Instead of looking at it as like, I'm joyfully disciplined for the results. Find that I want to Find the joy and control. Yeah. Also, no one that to was be, big for me it was because I used to really resent having discipline in my personal life because I was so regimented for like working career mm-hmm. and I felt like dang I do all of this and I'm such a good person like why am I punishing myself you right. know it was really hard for me to maintain discipline for my body and my mm-hmm. health yeah. in my personal life and as soon as I like heard the term joyful discipline and I put those two things together it completely shifted my perspective and and changed like a light switch changed mm-hmm. everything how i viewed it and i was able to say like oh wow like i'm making these choices mm-hmm. to reward myself right. to feel like the best version of me and it's not always easy you have to be able to see when, how something is affecting you negatively and that takes a little soul searching too you yeah. have to sometimes it's not always easy to see when something's burdening you or when you can be without something but everything's a process it's, yeah. a, it's all a process and you know i want to i want to uh talk about our origin story really quick sure okay because you have a movie to go to, but I have things I want to say. Sure. <laughs> so I want to talk about how we met. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a mutual best friend. Okay. Charlemagne the God, Leonard. Yes. Right. Um, and it's so funny, Van, because I did not... This was probably... I mean, this is some years ago, so I was probably just in a more judgy phase than I am now. But I did not think that I was going to dig you. Interesting. Why not? I thought you were really, like, stuck up. Okay. But you're not at all. Right. But it was interesting because like at that time, so anybody that heard my episode with Charlemagne or read his first book, we've been friends for a long time, mm-hmm. but specifically like I was his LA connect. Right. Born and raised in LA. We would crash on each other's couches. He yeah. would always crash with me in my little studio apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went to New York, I would do the same. So whenever he came here, there was not a moment he would step in the city that I was not we weren't mm-hmm. next to each other, right? And then I moved away, and I happened to be in L.A. I think I was here for, like, a, a press junket. I was screening a movie, interviewing the cast. I meet up with him for dinner, and then you're there. And I'm like, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. And you're, like, this new bestie that I hadn't heard of. And I'm mm-hmm. like, who is he, <laughs> right? And you were so rude. <laughs> really? 
yo, like you just wanted to have like one-on-one time with Charlemagne. You were you were irritated that I was there, just like I was irritated you were there. I don't remember that. So you were like not conversing with me. Mm-hmm. I would like try to add a little point in, and you just like. Yeah, well, this is the real problem with America. And like you were just like doing your You know your what thing. I was doing? <laughs> what? The thing I was talking about earlier. Oh. I was in a situation where I wasn't, I didn't really know a lot of people. And what I was doing in that situation wow. was making sure the people that had knew the how table smart you were. knew how smart I was. Well, I definitely knew you were smart as hell. Well, I was, but, but also, he puts you around so many people that you don't know. Yeah. And it's he, know, and he knows all of them. Yeah. So they fall right into their own rhythms. And yes, you're thinking, yeah. who going to pass me the ball? So in a lot of ways, it was just like being back in the old situation again. Not yeah, that there was any. triggering. You, well, yeah, you just don't want to fit. Like you're sitting yeah, there. I hear with, that. You know, and you're sitting there with everybody. And, it, and it, you never know. One day we had dinner and Justin Timberlake came to the table. I tent. was there. Yeah, right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, so it's like. Yeah, you, that was so funny. Uh, yeah, it was random. And so Where you, were we? We were at the Beverly Hills. What's that hotel on Wilshire? It's like, it was in Pretty Woman. We were at that hotel. How many oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at Cut, right? Um, at the, yeah, at the, uh, at the Beverly Wilshire. And so you, you never know. And so in that situation, especially for me, like you're around these people and he doesn't do anything better than he just talks somebody up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He talks somebody up so amazingly. Yeah. Man. He's like, yo, uh, my homegirl, Debbie, home Debbie about to come. Super dope. You're going to love her. This is what <laughs> Debbie's done. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. And so when you get there, you go, oh, shit, I need to know Debbie. Debbie is somebody who I need to be cool with. Debbie, l- l- let me make sure that Debbie knows that I'm with the shit and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And, and you and you end up doing that. Oh, this is my man Chip, funniest writer in the world. This is my man CP. This is all of these yeah. people that are around and blah 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 blah. Only person he doesn't do that with is Wax. But like, <laughs> and like, like, like but, but everybody's around. So that was me doing that. And so like, shout out to Charlie. I mean, he's such an incredible friend because he really is amazing for stuff like that. Like no, he's he's the what? biggest advocate of his people. Yeah, yeah. like for real. Like, but then I would see you over the years. Every time I'd be in LA and he'd be in LA. Every time you would act like you didn't remember me, like I'd be like, "Oh hi, nice to see you again." And you'd be like, "Uh, what, what up?" I'd be like, "Yo, like I was, I was ready to catch fade." Like, listen, my dude, like you cool, but well, I'm bad with that though. Yeah, that, I, that I, was extra. Nah, I'm bad so then with I that wrote though. you off completely, right. and so like we were we were somewhere else, and I was like, "Oh no, there's Van." Yeah, go right. the other way. Um, and then a couple years ago, we ended up. BET. at BET together yeah. we were at um, Charlamagne was doing an experience the yeah one of the BET experiences we and interviewed Ava it's the first time I met yes. Ava yes mm-hmm. oh, shout out to Ava and Nick and so everybody good. over at Array. yeah yeah and Issa Rae too mm-hmm. and it was, it was just a beautiful beautiful day yeah. and so we were backstage and then we ended up next to each other and I was not gonna deal with you not in a judgmental way but I was just like well you know this guy's in his own world like, I'm not gonna give it no energy yeah <laughs> no, I was a little more evolved by then but right, I was just right, like right. you know I'm gonna I'm gonna exert my energy for people you know that I can have good conversation with sure. um and so we ended up we wanted to see the Ava talk so mm-hmm. we left backstage and we just ended up walking together mm-hmm. somehow that turned into me and you spending hours together that day yeah. like we left the convention center downtown LA and then we just start walking the streets mm-hmm. 
And then we, I was like, oh, you want me to give you a ride home? So you hopped in my car. And then we sat in the car for hours talking about everything mm-hmm. under the sun. Yep. And we've been thick as thieves ever since. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I love Van. He's an right. amazing friend. Great mm-hmm. guy. Um, and, you know, now we're part of each other's lives and I think you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know but, what happened? What? We had a conversation when no one was watching. Mm. So, I mean, that probably didn't matter for you as much because you're probably a much more secure person than I was. But that <laughs> conversation was, and I'm even a different person now than I was then, but that conversation was depth. We were talking about relationships and humanity and there was vulnerability in that conversation and there was connection in that conversation and I remember even calling him and be like yo man like is Debbie like a therapist (laughs) And, 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 and and he was like he was like, she got you, huh? I was like, yo, she just like she was just relating in a real human way. But it was like it was like the kind of connection that happens when I'm not at dinner trying to impress my homeboys mm. or trying to impress other people that I don't know, thinking it's that it's some industry shit. Which, yeah, by the way, yeah. that was on me. It never really was like that. Everybody yeah. would just be chilling, and 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 really, since those situations, now when we all together. It's all, everybody just chilling. That's the last place you should be thinking about yeah, something like that, yeah. right? Um, but that's what I was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and We're so, in a constant state of evolution right. and unpacking, yeah. And so, like, it was, um, it was just like a, like, like, a, like a whole deal. And it was really getting to know somebody, you know? I remember even when we were walking around, um, like, uh, the BET thing, and people kept like saying, "There's the guy from TMZ," yeah, yeah. and it was just like it was. It was like for me, like because I remember we were walking out of here, and I said to you, I actually said, I don't know if you remember this. I said, "This is about to be a nightmare." Yeah, and, and I and it's so funny because <laughs> I knew I knew that you worked in entertainment, obviously, right? right? Like I knew you were part of TMZ, but I had never seen the show right. because you know, just in this in this moment of my growth. Um, which was also, I talk about a lot, a struggle with me continuing to work in radio is I got so sick of having to come up with judgments and opinions about people, you know? And so I was Yo, like- Yo, I fucking hate that. Yeah, I hate like, it. Like, I don't like, like I- it, It's truly what really made me it, have it, to like- And it lends yourself to saying negative things about people when you always have to think about something to say about somebody. Yeah. If you notice, I re- like, I've refrained on it. I hate that. I hate it. I, not only do I- not only do I not care about some of these people's lives at all, I wish them at the all. best. Actually, I, like, I mean, to, to, I don't want to be in judgment of people and their choices nothing, all day. I swear, if there's not one, if there's one takeaway that we've talked that you take away from this brilliant conversation, is that I wish you the best. If you got caught with a, if you if you got a DUI, I wish you the best. Yeah. If you bought a new house, I wish you the best. Any fucking dumbass story that ends up, I wish you the best, man. Yeah. I like 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 I I don't even I I don't even care to have an opinion. And if I yeah. do have an opinion, it's all love. Like is is yeah. if I if I am I there used to be a point where I would sit be on the show and say pithy things all the time. And get a yuck up and get a get a, get a happy. And then you at some place and you see somebody getting out of the car um, with their kid, 
and you just kicked their back in a week before or even not even yeah. kicked their back in or had an opinion about their life. Yeah. And it's just wild to me. I don't fuck with, I really don't like that. I don't want to be in judgment of people. Like, I, I just don't. Uh, man, I, I wish you I the have best, too much man. compassion. Yeah. Like, yeah. even if you fucking up, I hope you get out of it. Yeah, yeah. I sent you love, right? <laughs> you know even, what I'm even honestly, at, at where where my emotional growth is at this moment, it's like, even if you try to cause me harm or wish harm on me, wish you the best. I wish you love. Like, not only do I wish you love, I wish you wholeness and I wish you healing. I wish you depth of self, right. you know, because if you had access to all those things, you wouldn't be doing this. Real. So there's compassion for the fact that you don't have it right now, mm -hmm. you know. But so I say all that to say I uh, so I, I knew, obviously, that people knew who you were, but I didn't know. No. Right. Yeah. We walked outside. Yo. Like you were mobbed and people, and this is like before the Kanye thing, this is a few yes, years, years before. before that, yeah. And I mean, people were so excited and I actually brought this up to you recently. Is it okay if I talk about a conversation we had sure. on the phone? So I like to give you a hard time on text, right? Like uh -huh. sometimes I, I just throw darts at you, you do, you know, cause it's I just, I want to see what like really cerebral, brilliant response you're going to have back. Right. Uh -huh. So I give you a hard time. So I had sent you something like, Randomly out of the blue, I'll just text Ban and be like shaking my head. Yeah. And it'd be like, what? Right. What? And I'll just right. be like, and then I'll put like, you know, some emoji and I'll be like, you know, right. and you'll be like, what? Right. And so then you actually called me and I was going to be like, just kidding. Ha ha. Uh -huh. And you were like, um, listen, Dev, like I'm going through a hard time right now. <laughs> I don't need this. Like what? What did I do? What right. are you mad about? That day was particularly bad, by the way. And then I felt awful because I was right. like. Oh, I was just kidding. Right. And, but then I was like, well, what, what's going on? You mm -hmm. know? And, you know, you had just kind of shared like some conflict you were feeling about really everything we just talked about, mm -hmm. about being a big figure in the world of entertainment, but wanting like the best for people and, yeah. and having a hard time reconciling those two roles. Like, am I fully standing in my purpose? If I, you know, I'm working for one of the biggest celebrity driven businesses in the world. Mm -hmm. And if I'm participating in some salacious sure. banter or, you know, judgments or perceived judgments of people. And I remember I told you that day, like, yeah, you know, there it's the yin and the yang. It's the dark and the light and the light and the dark. But you are serving such a bigger purpose because when I see people receive you, right? Like even then, which was so far removed from some of the brilliant like commentary that you have been giving and mm -hmm. some of like the amazing um, opportunities you're giving people on your platform. I was like, people saw you and had hope. And every single person that saw you, every single person, every black person. That's that's the thing. In downtown LA yeah. was like, man, man, you speak for me. Right. Like, oh, man, keep holding it down for us. Mm -hmm. Like everybody said that. And I'm like, man, like you are being so hard on yourself for what you're perceiving that you're not doing enough of that you're not appreciating who you've been in the world for so many people. Yeah. And, and, and I appreciate those words and I really needed to hear them. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I, I tell people all the time, man, don't hold the shit in because your angels don't know when to talk to you. Like I really Ooh. needed to hear them. Like I, like I, that was a, a particularly tough day to where 
I, I was like, like you just wanna you wanna be on the right side of things, and I just was like, I'm not. Fuck it. I like I was I was really like I can't I can't like I, I don't you know whatever, and I needed to hear what you had to say. So when 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 because I remember exactly what it was that you that that that, that you said because you had this little running joke where you would see me since the Kanye thing you'd be like, you've changed. <laughs> And, 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 no, am I like an a-hole? No, but that was, you did it to me a couple of times. One time you did it, it was comic genius. Because one time we oh saw we saw each other at a screening. It was the screening for us. Right, we saw so each other. So it was a room of black excellence. Like oh, that was one of the most John Legend, Ryan Coogler, everybody. Tracy Ellis Ross. Tracy Ellis Ross, everybody was in there, right? And um, I came over and I was talking to you and then... I actually did kind of pull a Hollywood move because somebody started talking to me and I turned around like, yo, man, how's it going? Good to see you, blah, blah, blah. And you looked at me and you went, you just, you kind of cut your eyes and you, you looked into my eyes like you were searching and you're like, you're different. <laughs> you, you've changed. And I, and like, and I, I was and like, it was so weird because I felt so convicted because I was like, yo, she just peep that Hollywood bullshit hello that I gave that guy oh, and like man, it was and so then, fake. then we saw you saw me it was very <laughs> fake and then you saw me again at Elliot's thing and shout out to Elliot Wilson shout out yeah, to his Elliot birthday Wilson. party you saw me again at Elliot's thing and you saw me and I did something else and you went yep you know You've I was changed. right the whole time and at there this it particular is point I'm like yo I'm fucking want to hear that shit no more <laughs> and then I think whatever the text was you said it again and I was like yo like and I like had to this be but I wasn't mad. I was just like, it, it, it was like, yo, Dev, I'm fucked up right now. <laughs> I got to go, man. Yeah, you do have to go. Um, Damn, what was I'm... the last thing that I wanted to say? Mm-hmm. Okay, final thoughts. Um, something I really loved about the Kanye situation, mm-hmm. to me, it fully represents when preparation meets opportunity. Mm. Like that. And I remember we talked about it soon after it and you were like, yo, I went off in the matrix. Like, I feel like I just jumped like light years ahead, Mm -hmm. but who you are right now, the person that is beloved and and wildly celebrated, Mm -hmm. that's who you've been. Right. But it was the right opportunity that got even more eyes on you that allowed you to be your authentic self in an Mm -hmm. even bigger way. And I think like that piece of it to me is something I find really, really inspiring about your journey because that moment, obviously, I mean, catapulted you into new households. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's who you are and all of the work you did to get to that point, even in the pain, right? Even when you were, you know, a little overweight and your knowledge was a tool for you to hide yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Or a tool for you to shine when you felt unseen. Then you've done the self-work and practiced the joyful discipline. Mm -hmm. And you arrive at this moment in time where one of the biggest superstars in the world is getting a real dose of reality for you and mm. you're getting in front of all these people, but all the work you did mm-hmm. allowed you to be who you are in this moment, yeah. right? And allowed you to get 
all of the opportunity, the book deals, mm-hmm. the the screenwriting, like all of the things that you already were, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like not, and I think it's so important for people to really realize this, especially when they're searching for purpose. It is not the audience that makes you valuable. Mm-hmm. It's not the audience that gives you worth. That is not the thing that you should be seeking. You should be fine tuning yourselves at all times. It's the time in the dojo. Yeah. Cause you don't know when, when a, you know, Kanye West is going to walk into the room and, and put all of these new eyes on you. And if you're not ready, if your character is not built, you will F off the opportunity. Be ready when it's your time to rap. Yeah. Like where your bars at? Like, yeah. When it's, when it's your time to rap, be ready. That's the, 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 that's the one thing that you can control, man. It's people that's waiting for that moment. Sometimes it comes early. Sometimes it comes late. Scary thing is sometimes it never comes. Sometimes you got to make it happen. Sometimes yeah. you got to, sometimes you got to kick the door down, but just be ready. In that situation, it's like, I was just actually really just reacting. Really? Like in 1 million percent sincerity, I was just reacting. So I like to think that life got me ready, but there's so many other times in people's careers and people's lives where boom, you got one shot, what you got. Yeah. And just, just try to be as, uh, 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 as, as good as your talent in any, in any spot that you're in and find, find your superpowers, find your gifts. Like yeah. even the things that aren't celebrated, people think that gifts have to be some large grand gesture, like mm-hmm. just cause you don't know how to, you know, play basketball, whatever. Um, doesn't mean that you don't have these like little Easter eggs in you that are, that are the defining things that set you apart. Um, or that give you even more reach and ability to be of service to people. That's where, I mean, yeah, like, like for me, for me, it was, it it was really about understanding that some of the flaws that I had were actually hitting blessings Mm. and sort of just leaning into the fact, um, that everything that's made you is a part of you. Mm-hmm. And, mm. um, you gotta, uh, like it, you, you gotta embrace the negative. Sometimes you, yeah. you gotta, you gotta embrace them because you're going to end up using them anyway. We all have a shadow. And mm-hmm. as soon as you can lean into the fact that there is absolutely in no way, shape or form, anything that is perfect on this earth. Mm -hmm. As soon as you understand what the real flow of life is supposed to be, it's meant to be lived uncomfortably. It's meant to be in a constant search, seeking answers to things, Mm -hmm. the better off you'll be like the more peace you'll have instantly because you will never be perfect. The goal is just to be whole, be whole, whatever that is. Yeah. Challenge yourself, man. All right. You got to go. You have a wow. really fancy, beautiful watch on. I want to shout out this that right wealth. Shinola. Um, yeah, it's gorgeous. It's like yeah. $10,000. That's not $10,000. Um, <laughs> Real quick. I want to shout out my girl, Carly Hustle, for a moment. And if you are not up on Carly, you need to follow her right now. The Carly Hustle on Instagram and check out her podcast called Brutally Honest. She is just one of the most phenomenal women that I've ever known or witnessed. And she is so brave right now. um, She's battling cancer and winning and sharing what she affectionately calls cancer content. And when I tell you some of the stuff that she shares and, and the ways in which she shares herself are so life 
changing. Um, she's changing my life. Everything that she chooses, chooses to share with us or show of herself is changing my life in every moment. And it's really making me reevaluate myself and reevaluate my opinions and my thoughts. And it is, it's just absolutely beautiful. Her standing in her authentic self and being exactly who she is on purpose and out loud and I just highly recommend you guys check her out because she's the shit so that's it thank you for listening to the show Van I love you I love you too sister give me a hug <laughs> alright I'm out alright peace Spider-Man peace big thank you for listening to this episode of the Dropping Gems podcast this show is executive produced by Adrian Scott and me Debbie Brown our theme music was created by producer Day One and the poem that you heard at the beginning of the show. Well, that was created especially for us by award-winning poet Namdi Okafor. If you have a quick moment right now, please hit subscribe on the show. And if you like what you heard, take it a step further and give us a five-star rating. Until next time, you connect with me on IG at Debbie Brown or my website, DebbieBrown.com. Be blessed. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.